and welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we are checking in with the Vanity Fair Hollywood issue versus the W Magazine shit show. So that'll be exciting. <laughs> the discourse is burning. Um, it is. <laughs> we're doing a cringe mode Cinderella story. Very excited for that. Great stuff. And yes. And then also a couple unanswerable questions that are music related. So stay Can't tuned. Wait. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter, guys, at tea time underscore 33. And on Instagram, we're at tea time pod. Our Instagram is popping. Not to uh, <laughs> not to brag. It's at the helm of Amelia. So God bless her. Follow <laughs> that immediately. Okay. Before we get into the show, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, Tea Time is checking in with a couple different things. Obviously, the biggest headline we're starting with first. Amelia, go ahead. Yes, um, uh, so horrible. Lady Gaga's dog, she's in Italy right now filming, I think, the Gucci movie. But her dog walker went on a late night walk with the dogs, her three French bulldogs, and... Not only was he shot four times, they took two of the her dogs and the other dog <sighs> ran away before she could get kidnapped. But mm. now Lady Gaga has put up a half a million dollar reward for the dogs to get them back. Uh, no questions asked. But very, I just obviously feel so horrible, horrible for the dog walker, horrible for Lady Gaga and those poor dogs. I, I just can't. It's wild. Yeah, I just saw I just saw pictures of her in Italy when she was like entering this building and she looked just incredible. She's like brunette now. She had this beautiful like flowing caftan. And I literally to myself was like, oh, my God, like Lady Gaga, like seems so happy and healthy yeah. like, she's in this great mm. era of her life. She's really thriving. And then literally that same day, it was like Lady Gaga's bulldog stolen, it's shot wild. the dog walker. I was like, Jesus, let God. this woman live. God, it's so sad. So Horrible. scary for everyone involved. Um, I know she said no questions asked, but I hope that they really get to the bottom of this. Obviously, yeah. I've actually heard that this is going on a bit in Los Angeles. So if you're there and in that area with these kind of dogs, just be careful. But I hope that 
once I hope they find the dogs, I hope that mm-hmm. the dog walker recovers fully. And then they find the people because I know she yeah. doesn't want no questions asked because she wants them all returned. But I would like to ask some questions after they get returned. Yes. I feel like yeah. justice for the bulldogs and the yeah. bulldog walker. Yeah. Yes. Next one. Okay. In, you know, it's like award show season. Finally, it's a very weird award season, partially because it's all sort of online remote. Also, because the timeline is very different. Uh, today, as we're, we're recording this, it's like the four year anniversary of like the insane Moonlight La La Land Oscar show, mm-hmm. which like we're not even anywhere near the Oscars. The Golden Globes are this weekend. It's just mm-hmm. like all feels very strange. Uh, and this week, the two sort of big celebrity uh, like award show magazine issues came out. One of them is the like iconic classic Vanity Fair Hollywood issue, um, which we've talked about. I think we talk about every year it comes out, like who's mm-hmm. on it is always a big deal. They've really done better with diversity in recent years, which is always a big conversation. And I was like ready to talk about the Vanity Fair issue. I was ready to like go over the whole thing, like talk about, you know, the photo shoot. It's very like whimsical, colorful, but the Vanity Fair issue, uh, kind of got it's like it's spotlight stolen this year for better or worse Mm -hmm. by the w magazine performances of the year issue uh and that's because (laughs) they were the photographs were done by jorgen teller uh for w magazine and jorgen teller is like he is this like fashion he calls himself like the anti-fashion photographer which i do think some of his work is really good you know he does like this very real sort of just like realistic situations, not that much editing. But he did all these W Magazine covers and he put these celebrities on the streets of LA, like on the fucking corner of like Fairfax and was just like, sit on the street, took two pictures of them. Literally, Riz Ahmed tweeted and said, this W Mag shoot was the fastest of my life. 20 seconds, two clicks. Jorgen Teller is the OG. And he's like on a folding chair next to a tree next to like a 2002 Toyota Camry. And it's like, okay, you look like Riz Ahmed so like you look great. But people started noticing and being like, I'm sorry, like these are not high fashion these are not Mm. like how much did this man get paid to take two pictures of these people on iphone (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it of course immediately became a meme people were tweeting out pictures of ben affleck getting his dunkin donuts and being like you're you're gonna tell her for w magazine people somebody was like i have never met stephen young but i know this is the worst thing that has ever happened to stephen young because he's (laughs) sitting on a folding chair in the middle of the street looking as the the worst probably Steven Yeun has ever looked. Uh, no. He's a very handsome guy. Like, I love that this is his worst, but like, he just looks pissed off. It's like one of those outtakes where like, if your friend took this of you, you would never post it on Instagram. <laughs> and again, like these are stunning people and they're wearing yeah. cool clothes. So like, They've got that going for them. But like some of them are in trees. Some of them are laying on the streets of LA, which like, uh, I don't want to do that. Like sure. any yeah. day. Uh, <laughs> he used the same tree for a lot of them. And the internet. The it's internet that is, West Hollywood tree though. It's yes. everywhere. It is. Uh, and they've got like, he just didn't edit any. No, like there are people in the background, there are cars in the background, there's trash in the background. So people just turned it into me and they started taking like the worst pictures of celebrities. They have a picture of Saoirse Ronan at McDonald's. They've got the like <laughs> the picture of Demi Lovato where like people oh, thought it was no. a different person. And just people like taking Poot out their Lovato. trash. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And this <laughs> just turned into a meme. So, yeah, I mean, I, I respect and honestly, compared to the Vanity Fair issue, which is like very over edited, like they don't really look like people, which like it's very glamorous, which is great. That's what I want. But it is a little bit like over photoshopped. 
I just yeah. would like somewhere in the middle. Somewhere I want the, the, the glamorous, you know, celebrities in the great clothes, but I also would yeah. not like to see them like next to a no street parking sign. Right. Uh, and this is reasonable. Right. This yeah. is art. And I don't claim to know or understand high art in any way. Anytime like the Met Gala <laughs> theme comes out, I'm always confused. I don't really get how anyone interprets mm-hmm. that theme. So there's something I'm missing personally with these photos and there's some higher level of understanding. But all I see yeah. is like Tom Holland, like crouch, like he's going to take a <laughs> shit next to this West Hollywood tree that right. I see in my real life anyway that always has like human feces underneath the leaves and exactly. trash and like who knows what so yeah yeah I need to be transported in this time you know yes. like I this again is just like yeah. I don't want like the realism I just don't want it yes. right now I want like yes. if you're and Lakeith Stanfield for example did both of these shoots in the Vanity Fair one he's riding a unicorn in a yellow suit and like <laughs> wow. that's what I want like I, right, right now that's sure. what I want. We're reaching the second March of quarantine. Like, I just right. don't want to see him next to trash Ooh. on the street. I want to see him riding a unicorn. Right. Agreed. That's how I feel. Couldn't have said it better. Thank you. Um, I also have another need. I need some big celeb news. I need someone to do maybe like a surprise relationship or another surprise pregnancy because essentially... Very recently, Tea Time has decided to move our recording days to Fridays because we felt that we were missing some great headlines and the crucial news that could not not be talked about. Felt like we were missing a lot. So I don't know why I thought this, but I thought that because of we pushed it a day, like suddenly like an entire crop of news that we've never seen before <laughs> would come out. And I feel really disappointed that it did not. <laughs> I have been scouring the internet because you guys know, like, like, there are some weeks where not a lot happens and you, yeah. you still have to do it and you still have to talk about things. Okay, so here are headlines I found. Thank God we recorded this morning because this is what <laughs> is in the news in the last 24 hours. Just Jared is reporting, Brad Pitt wears his hair in a tiny ponytail for day at the office. Oh and uh, you give Just Jared that click and you fucking walk into this article and it's Brad Pitt, a very blurry photo of him and this teeny tiny blue bun in the back of his head. And that's it. And like, I'm going to be honest. I do care about this. I do. Okay, I fine. Let me hit you. I need to talk about it, but I do care about that. Okay, okay fine. Let me hit you the next one. Okay. Also, just Jared. Just new Jared dad, coming through. New dad, Garrett Headland hits the golf course in Los Angeles. Okay? okay. And then you're like, maybe something happened here at this golf course. The leading line is 36 year old actor, new dad, chatted on the phone while arriving at a golf course on Wednesday afternoon. Wow. I'm like, okay. I got two more and I'm saving the best for last. Okay. Okay. Us Weekly, I thought they would do better because they're always talking about something. Us Weekly discovered that we found Claire Crawley's fluffy leopard jacket on sale at Zappos. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God they did. Oh my Jesus God. Christ. And then the award obviously goes to TMZ. This is actually from last Thursday night, but I had <laughs> to include it anyway. This is the most egregious sure. celeb headline I've ever read. TMZ is reporting, Zach Brav's dog, I don't want no scrubs, but I do want that ball. <laughs> and the article is Zach Brav taking his dog to the dog park. Wow. Did wow. Harvey Levin write that one himself? I mean, <laughs> maybe. Iconic. Maybe. Um, thank, God, anyway. thank God we switched to Fridays. And really I, last week, the big problem was that we recorded <laughs> and then later in the day, Kim, yeah. Kim and Kanye got divorced and we we're like, fuck. So true. <laughs> just so true. So, we need just to record on Friday evenings and, or do yeah. a live instead. There we anyway. go. That's the solution. <laughs> 
All right, let's keep moving. Next category is always our mashup now of relationship news, a little bit of not worth the tea, and then a little bit of social media. Amelia, take it away. Right. So, you know, I guess spring is emerging right now, which is exciting. Um, For those of you who play Animal Crossing, you've noticed that it's no longer uh, wintertime. There is no more snow on the ground. We've got kind of a mushy, dark green covering your island. Well, what all this is, I'm trying to say, is that, you know, the animals are coming out. I think there's going to be more wildlife news. And specifically, I wanted to talk about Martha Stewart's journey, if you will, (laughs) with a swan over the weekend, (laughs) this past weekend. Um, So Martha Stewart, iconic uh, lifestyle lady, you know, she... She's Snoop Dogg's best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know who she is. Anyway, um, <laughs> she took to Instagram over the weekend to warn the masses of a killer swan on the loose. She posted a photo with what appears to be a mute swan, which is, uh, I guess, a species of swan. And she said, I have searched eye images. I think she meant four images of swans. And this looks like a mute swan. Can anyone verify, question mark, question mark? If so, there's a report that a mute swan killed a kayaker on a pond. Oh, oh, exclamation point. Which, yes, a a little um, (laughs) scary. I didn't know that swans could kill people. And I just love how she just... Are we sure? (laughs) Well, then I Googled it. And apparently there were swans that killed a kayaker in 2012 on a lake in Chicago. And then there was a mute swan in England who killed up to 20 swans by drowning them in 2018. (gasps) Yes. So, but I couldn't find any news on a swan killing a kayaker in what I thought would be like Connecticut or something. So Mm -hmm. very strange. But then she posted a follow-up post on the same day uh, with the caption, the unexpected visitor swan behaving rather well in the confinement of our chicken coops. Goose enclosure. He or she seems comfortable and calm, looks more and more like a mute swan. So she has these two different posts. One of them (laughs) saying there's an alleged killer swan on the loose. Beware. The other one saying, well, now now this, I guess, killer swan, this mute killer swan is now at my farm. And he seems like a really nice guy. She's going to pick a side. She's got to pick a side. Is this the same swan? I don't know. Martha Stewart, you need to update us. You can't just leave us hanging. And also maybe call animal control because this swan is apparently a murderer. <laughs> Have I you don't- guys? <laughs> it's okay. Sonic oh, yes. now. It's so hard to keep up with. This remind- The first picture, the swan has like this evil red glow around it. And it reminds yeah. me of the killer rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail where they oh, like yeah. travel to kill this beast and like it comes out and it's just a fucking rabbit. That's, that's yeah. That's the vibe that I'm getting from this killer swan. Uh, I, I don't blame you. It's, I mean, it's ominous. It's I, ominous. I wouldn't want to fuck with it, but. <laughs> and now there's no resolution. So I hate to leave you all hanging, but we watch out for Stewart, a yeah. swan. We need know? answers. Jesus. We do. So, um, okay. Next is I want to get your guys' opinions on something that made headlines um, early this week, but it is the new line of USPS mm. vehicles. And I think they are so cute. They <laughs> look like 
they belong in an animated movie. I don't know if you guys have seen these, but they went all around the internet and a lot of people loved them and a lot of people hated them because they look, again, like very cartoonish. But I think they're quite cute and I would like to keep them and I think they'll provide more joy than the current USPS vehicles. They're going to mm. unveil and hit the roads in 2023. So we have a very long time um, before we see these things in action, but they're so cute. Have you guys seen these? Yeah. I love them. I have to tell you, my dad works for the post office on Sundays and mm-hmm. drives a mail truck nice. and delivers mm-hmm. packages. And the first time my mom and I saw him in like the regular mail truck, we laughed for like 10 minutes because like Aww. you don't think about how stupid those trucks look until like you see someone, you know, driving one and they're like oh. all hunched over on the wrong right, side right, with right. the open door oh. and you're like, this is hilarious. So I saw these pictures. Everyone was making fun of them. They were like, I've never seen a truck that needs bangs before because it looks like it has like a, a five <laughs> yeah. head. Um, yeah. And oh. I just, I need them. I know that they won't issue them in Lafayette, Indiana anytime soon, but like I just need well, my dad know. to drive one of these. It would yeah. be so funny. Also, great That's news cute. for him. They also have like a lot, a big new slew of like mm-hmm. technical updates, which is really great. Mm-hmm. There's 360 degree cameras, traction wow. control, great. you know, more carrying capacity. Anyway, That's this nice. is good news for the world. I feel like we need to hold on to these pieces yeah. and just hold them dear because yes. they don't come around too much. <sighs> so true. All right, um, next one. All right, two social media things for you, two Twitter things for you. Uh, Twitter this week, Twitter overreacts to everything. That's just like how it, how it, like what it runs on these days. And so when a rumor spread of Emma Watson retiring from acting, Twitter just exploded this week. Everyone was like, Emma Watson built my childhood. And without her acting, like I will cease to be as a human. Uh, And this is all based on the fact that her, the Daily Mail reported that her rep said that her acting career is quote, currently dormant, which I guess like mm. in the industry is is like how people say that they're done. Since Twitter exploded and everyone was talking about it, they since sort of corrected the record and when they were like, her social media accounts are dormant, but her career isn't, whatever that means. Mm. Uh, that's what Liz Kelly likes to say. But it's, people were like losing it. They were like, Emma, like here are Emma Watson's most iconic roles. It was like Hermione Granger, fucking Belle from Beauty and the Beast. So I was like, <laughs> that's not her role really. Uh, the... Perks of being a wallflower. Don't know the name of that girl in that movie. So how iconic can it be? And then fucking Meg from Little Women, which I was like, really? Like, Mm. if you think about it, Emma Watson retired from acting like halfway through the Little Women movie. So I just don't see what all the hubbub is about. Um, Also, those just are all her roles. Kind of. Like, Like, she hasn't been in too much. There's not a lot. Those are all. That's her whole IMDb page. (laughs) Right. This this tweet got like 30,000 like favorites or whatever on Twitter. I was like, guys, she didn't invent acting. I mean, it's fine. I don't want to be like an Emma Watson hater. I'm glad that she's living her life. She's just like with her boyfriend, like hanging out mm-hmm. in LA. That's fine. But people were like just absolutely ready to throw away Hollywood now that Emma Watson's done, supposedly. <laughs> and I think we need to relax. Wow. Yeah, I'm one of the few people that like Emma Watson as an actress. I know you get a lot of shit in my office. (laughs) But no, if she wants to go, go. And also, I have never claimed and have never thought that she is a pioneer of the craft. Um, But maybe (laughs) maybe I'm not seeing exactly what all these other people are seeing. Yes. Bizarre. Um, All right. And the other big Twitter news of the week is that they are they announced that they're going to allow people to put a paywall on their tweets. They're going to be called super follows. Basically, it's like Twitter ripping off OnlyFans and also like newsletters a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Content creators can charge people $5 a month to allow them to see specialty content. Um, It'll be like a community group, subscription to a newsletter, 
could be like a badge indicating your support uh, and like seeing special tweets. Uh, so I wanted to ask you because people were like, I would never do this. Is there literally anyone in the world that you would pay to follow on Twitter? You can say me if, if that's how you feel. <laughs> Amelia? I, I would say no. And if someone that I really liked and was like, oh, wow, they're so funny and like informative charge people or mm-hmm. said, hey, I'm going to charge people, I would unfollow them immediately. Right. It's bad vibes. It is. It is bad vibes. And so much of that stuff is free and has been only because, you know, Instagram, every public person has some kind of public profile. It would feel weird to like backtrack now. But I mean, I cannot think of a single human being on earth that I would pay this for. But I, I guess super fans and like, depending on the content, I don't even know what exclusive content I mean, I get it when you have a platform like OnlyFans or things that you want to keep pri- like more private outside. But mm-hmm. what what kind of tweets do you tweet that are like extra special? I, and everything makes its way onto Twitter in the end anyway. You know right. what I mean? Like some one person sure. screenshots it and then it's everywhere. So like I right. just don't I guess I just don't see the future in that. People were saying like, I hope that this person I don't like puts his tweets behind a paywall so I don't <laughs> have to see the tweets anymore, which uh, is, I think, the way to go. Yeah, I want everyone else to to be paying for other people's tweets that I have right. to see fewer tweets. Right. While we're here, mm-hmm. how are fleets going? Because we talked about that a while ago. I have They're not dead. heard a single thing. Oh, dead. <gasps> Haven't looked wow. at them in okay. months. Amelia? <sighs> yeah, I mean... Learned- no, I haven't. I think I posted a picture of Guy Fieri and a dog, and that was about it. So that's the extent of my experience. That sums it up. You tried. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of reals always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians 
who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, let's move on to the next category. It's cringe mode, a Cinderella story. Mm. We're moving through the Cinderella canon. Who knows if we'll keep this up? (laughs) Uh, But for now, we're doing the 2004 Hilary Duff rendition of a Cinderella story. The plot, Kate? Uh, Hilary Duff is, you know, the the Cinderella of this story. (laughs) And it starts out, she's young. She lives in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, And it, unlike some other Cinderella renditions, I have things, some things to say about this. It starts out with like her happy childhood with her father who then Mm. dies in a tragic earthquake, which I just like could have done without. I'm like, I don't need, we don't need to get to know the dad before he dies. Um, He used to run a diner uh, when he dies, the diner and everything else goes to her evil stepmother. Obviously, like classic. Hillary Duff, you know, is now a high school student. She wants to go to Princeton and she has been aim chatting uh, this guy <laughs> that she met in like a Princeton chat room uh, who is Chad Michael Murray. And but she doesn't know because he goes to her high school and uh, they dress up in costume. They meet at like homecoming, which is for some reason in costumes, which is not <laughs> mm-hmm. a thing. They meet. He doesn't recognize her because that's how these things go. Uh, he, he ends up finding out that it's her. He ditches a football game to go make out with her in the stands mm. and they live happily ever after. Did I miss anything? Pretty no, much that's it. Not one of my yeah. better plot <laughs> summaries. No, no. That I'll was work great. on it. No, it's okay. really the material, so not yet. That's true. Yeah. Not much to work with. Let's do some highlights, though. Uh, my first one is that there is just chock full of valley um, references, which I kind of like. The earthquake, obviously, that was a dark twist, but the Northridge earthquake did happen. This could have happened, you know, in the valley at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, the valley diner that the family owns and takes over looks you could throw a rock on Ventura Boulevard and hit like seven of these. <laughs> so I like kind of like that. That's like where I kind of grew up going in high school. They reference the drought in the very beginning of the movie because the evil mm-hmm. stepmom likes to keep her lawn pristine and green. <laughs> also kind of sad that all these years later, we're like still in and out of droughts and still doing with that, that stuff. Yeah. Water, um, but I did like it. It was obviously some like writer that was living in LA made it very like LA Valley specific and I kind of appreciated mm-hmm. all the little yeah. nods to it the other highlight uh that's much better is that Regina King um works in the diner with Hillary Duff and then Fiona the evil stepmom and she acts as the fairy godmother to Hillary Duff um and she is such a warm maternal presence and not to get too mm-hmm. deep, but her character mirrors much more of like in real life when you kind of have some kind of fairy godmother role because she protects Hillary Duff. She nurtures yeah. Hillary Duff, takes her in when she has nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just kind of really, really appreciated it. And the two of them have like a really nice relationship in the movie as well. That is beautiful. I do love that. I also love that it's like, you know, Regina King is now a very celebrated, you know, Oscar winning actress. And that's one thing I love about these 2000s, you know, I guess teen blockbuster movies or Mm -hmm. or teen movies uh, that the number of now famous celebrated actors who are just, you know, trying to add to their freaking reel. And it's just, they're like these really fun cameos. Like, obviously, yeah. Regina King in this movie. You have, like, you know, Steve Carell in that sleepover movie. I, there are tons <laughs> others, but that's the other one that, you know, comes to mind. <laughs> also, I love how they made the stepsisters. Like, clearly, they're always going to be, like, the antagonist sidekicks to the main uh, stepmother. But um, 
I really like how they had not only them, but also this mean girl, mean popular girl, Shelby, and that the stepsisters were kind of bumbling idiots, which, you know, again, they always are, but they mm-hmm. worship the more popular eviler girl. And I was like, wow, what a what an interesting, I guess, plot twist, you know, mm-hmm. like I like that little added character. Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, the bar is very low, but there are a lot of like <laughs> real world adaptions that kind of make more right. sense. Like that would happen in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, these two bumbling idiots would worship whatever the most popular girl is. And right. then she also has this on and off relationship with the boy, Austin right. Ames, Chad Michael Murray's character. So it all kind of makes sense. They did a good job. What else? Um, I feel I agree with Liz. I love the diner. And mm-hmm. I just love like the allegiance to like the 2000s teen movie tropes. Like you've got the diner where everyone hangs out. It's not always mm-hmm. a diner. Sometimes it's a coffee shop. Sometimes it's like, you know, somebody's house. But like, I just love having like that home base mm-hmm. where like, it's just where everybody goes. Every character in the movie shows up there at some point or another. Like, just love it. It works every time. Uh, and also in teen movie tropes. Every high school movie should have the official school DJ. That was like such yes. a thing in like these 2000 movies where like there was like this, you know, instead of a narrator, it's like the high school. She does the announcements. She also like <laughs> DJs and like does random like I'm like, I watch yeah. literally as a turntable, like in the middle of this high school. I'm like, what are you doing? What is your role? They're always like the alt kid or the emo kid, depending <laughs> yeah. on the era, the scene kid. I loved yeah. it. Did you guys have That's that? Funny. I didn't. And it sounds like such a fun, cool job. No, I mean, we, yeah. we had a radio station at my high school and we had like announcements and stuff, but we didn't have a school DJ. <laughs> I don't think anyone did. Did anyone have this? That's not real. I don't no. know. We uh, had a guy who did announcements it. and sometimes he would say funny stuff. But Oh, really? Yeah, but like that, it was, you know, very far. Yeah. And, you know, we, I did the announcements of my senior year and I used to think I was hilarious and I was not, which is <laughs> shocking, shocking to anyone listening to this. You were born for podcasting, obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, what's another highlight, Amelia? Um, also, I I very much enjoyed the soundtrack to this movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they had, uh, well, they had a bunch of Hillary, I was looking at the soundtrack and the number of Hillary Duff songs they had on this. I mean, we thought J Lo was being a little excessive with her one song at the end of the wedding planner, but yeah. Hillary Duff had like twenty songs, and I, it was weird because I, I could hear some of them, but I guess I don't know if these were just added songs because I didn't think she, there were that many in the actual movie itself. Um, but, you know, go off, Hillary. Get that check, yeah. yeah get that check, girl. Um, uh, but, you know, they had Goo Goo Dolls. They also had Everlasting Love twice, which was iconic. Also interesting because, if you remember, Lindsay Lohan's premiere starring role as Hallie and Annie also had the song Everlasting Love mm. in the credits. So a little, Synergy. Like, hmm, interesting yeah. there, yeah. I also thought they had a really good end scene, which I'm now conflicted about. But the very end, Chad Michael Murray is in this like, you know, big football game. And then he (laughs) goes to Hilary Duff in the stands after like actually kind of like blowing her off in a big way in front of the entire school body, which like is perhaps unforgivable. (laughs) But anyway, comes into the stand and they have this really nice, lovely kiss. And then the rain falls. And I remember all these years later, like that scene, that Mm -hmm. kiss. But this brings us to our first low light because Hillary Duff was 15 while filming this wow. and Chad Michael Murray was 22. Ooh. Very Which tough. Which is extremely tough, would yeah. not be done today. Also as age, Ooh. the worst of it. We could put this in every category, but 
watching it now, knowing that makes me not enjoy the. I will never like that scene again. I I don't know why they did that, but obviously it's showed me uncomfortable at the time, and I'm sh- and still now it's just really right. weird. And he looks yeah. old, so like you could have. Yeah. And we're going to talk <laughs> about who who was almost casting this role in a little bit, but like you could have easily cast a younger guy. You know, like right. I'm not saying don't cast Hillary Duff. I'm saying right. like cast another teenager. Like, right. mm-hmm. it's so easy. There are famous teenagers everywhere. Well, in 2004. I'm sure Amelia wanted that because Amelia. <laughs> oh what are your God. thoughts on Chad Michael Murray? I and okay, I just want to preface this that maybe I'm just programmed to dislike him because you know there was a whole thing about he starred on uh, One Tree Hill and I didn't really watch that show, but. Apparently, he cheated on Sophia Bush with Paris Hilton. That was the mm. whole narrative. And I was like, no, that's not yeah. cool. Um, but I, I don't know. Watching this, I was like, who is that? Like, as in, like, I don't. He's just a block and he's just yeah. there. He has the presence of a wet rug. And I just it just blows my mind that he had a legitimate career in the t- 2000s as like the boyfriend, quote unquote. And he you could have substituted him with a tree. Like, you know, one of the trees that Jurgen Teller was photographing people in front of. Like, right. it, I, it would have been the same thing. I, To me, at least. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. But he's just there. He's yeah. handsome. But is he that handsome? Does he have any charisma? No. I'm sorry. Right. Sorry. I feel like you'll enjoy this tidbit, Amelia. I was reading a BuzzFeed article about this movie. And yeah. It said, I don't know who pay, who on Chad Michael Murray's team paid them to write this part, but it said, oh. Chad Michael Murray's character is more one-dimensional in the original script. The backstory of his father wanting him to be a college football player was expanded at Chad Michael Murray's oh. suggestion. And I'm Lies. like, big thumbs up. Great job. job. That's like the... Like, that's I not like, I don't know to, to frame that as like some pivotal whatever <laughs> now he's like a 3D complex human being is like a bit of a stretch oh God, but yeah when we yeah. watch like oh, they're not exactly in the same era but Channing Tatum plays a similar kind of like mm. sometimes dumb jog blunders but then ends up okay and ends up making the right call he is bursting with charisma yes. chemistry it can't you know there are actors who do it and you're right Chad Michael Murray I don't think is one of them yeah he also like has just real fuckboy energy which like mm-hmm. the yeah. of the Channing Tatum energy is it's himbo energy. Like, you know, yes. he has like a good heart yes. even when he does dumb stuff oh, and he has a beautiful Tatum. face, but like, it's okay. There's like a heart of gold in there. Whereas like, yeah, right. Chad Michael Murray just has like bad vibes. Like he, yes. even in like his, his villain, sort of villainous moments or like at least like kind of like asshole moments in this movie, you're like, oh, like, I don't like mm-hmm. that. And it, he is really hot and I get it. Like just staring at him like in person, I'm like, okay, like, whatever, I guess you look like a Hollywood movie star. But yeah, there's just nothing, there's nothing there that's working for me. It's like very much how, you know, like Abercrombie and Fitch models are like, I can be an actor too. And it's like, no, you can't. No, you Alex, Alex Petty for energy yeah, and uh, exactly. Clint Eastwood's exactly. son. Maybe if we watched One Tree Hill, we would have like some more emotional attachment to him, but I... I don't think so. <laughs> my, my roommate, my old roommate that I like used to talk about on this podcast yeah. does like an annual One Tree Hill uh, marathon and I had to sit through it last year where she would oh like blast Gavin DeGraw like through my wall. <laughs> and I just saw on Instagram stories that she just started her annual One Tree Hill marathon oh again. And I was like, thank God I'm gone. Passing of time. So yeah, I, I will not be watching. That. I will not be watching One Tree Hill <laughs> as research. I'm sorry. That's really funny. I can't. Uh, All right, what's um, another low light? 
a low light for me. I mentioned it earlier, but like I just part of Cinderella is like, you know, her dad's dead and like you're sad about it. But like mm. she has so many other sad things about her life that like you just kind of have to move on. And this movie establishes the dad like early on as like this yeah. huge person in her life. And like she's this little girl and she's so happy with her dad and they're playing in the park and he's buying her things and like they're sharing this joy and then he dies. And it's like, yeah. I just this is supposed to be a lighthearted movie. And like it is in many respects. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I just think it's like too dark to start out with the dad dying in a tragic accident, like and actually knowing the dad before he dies. I just don't need that in the movie. Agreed. It's just, it's a little intense because usually, you know, the choice is like, oh, he died of an illness or something, but it's like, no, it's a mystery illness. You see a picture. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you see a picture of him and it's not like a specific like event that actually killed people. Right. Uh, It's like, did he fall into a giant crevasse? Like, this is very scary. something more more fantastical. (laughs) Yes, uh, absolutely. less specific. (laughs) Like, that's what I'm imagining. It's very traumatic. I don't need to be thinking about how he died in an earthquake. I just want to move on to the the actual story. There's some chaotic scenes in this movie, including that one. There's like, I kind of caught myself just being like, what the hell is happening? There's this one scene where the two evil step sisters go to the car wash, which Chad Michael Murray's family owns. And Mm. he's there all the time. And they're basically trying to pretend that they're Cinderella. They are the Princeton gal 818 to like win him over. (laughs) Right. The two girls end up literally fighting on top of a vehicle and going (laughs) through a car wash. (laughs) The two of them go through a car wash. It is the most chaotic scene I've I've seen in like recent memory. Um, The two of them literally get the shit beaten out of them because, you know, it's like, I I don't know. I just kind of was watching this was like, just what is happening? Why did they choose to do that? I guess it's like physical comedy in some right, like weird the zany, world. Zany, yes. wacky comedy. <laughs> a bit yeah. too much. Yeah. It's a bit much. Yeah. Wait, did you uh, guys watch The Nanny mm-hmm. ever? No. Oh, okay. Well, the, one of the stepsisters is like the little girl in uh, Fran That's Drescher's funny because I was thinking oh, really? about how I had never seen either of them in anything before. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, okay. Kind of unusual that like neither of the stepsisters were ever in anything again. So I guess that proves me wrong. <laughs> well, Amelia, uh, yeah. Last thing they were in was Californication in 2014, but they were in the nanny for hmm. a couple years. That's, yeah. that's good for them. Okay. Great. Um, <laughs> anyway, checks from uh, last yeah, low light. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we say this again and again. We said this in the last uh, Cinderella cringe month, but mm. she goes to this ball, this homecoming <laughs> dance where people are in costume again for some unknown reason uh and she's just got her you know she's got these great bangs that, mm-hmm. that were like in then they look great yeah. it's like the classic hillary duff mm-hmm. bangs yeah. uh she's wearing this dress she's got like her hair all nice and then her entire disguise is that she's got this little like incredibles <laughs> mask on and that's it and he sees her and they've interacted at school before this it's not like he doesn't know who she is like which right. i could believe if like they'd never interacted but like they make eye contact multiple times they exchange like words outside (laughs) and then he walks up to her at this dance and is like who are you I've never seen you before he's posting pictures like in the school like (laughs) mystery girl he has like the outline of like her head and is like I must find I'm like looking across the hallway at the girl with the identical bangs like identical haircut right Right. I like I it just stretches willful suspension of belief so far which I know this whole movie does like it's fine but I was like okay but like come on come on (laughs) okay Let's move on to what has aged the best and the worst. Um, Worst, I gotta be maybe the most egregious one, is the AIM Comic Sans conversations. I think it struck a chord in all of us. We are of that time. (laughs) 
And then I loved when they text and their little phone screens can only fit the five words at a time. (laughs) And they're having this back and forth conversation, but the sentences are like, me too. And who are you? And it's like, there's no other room for anything else. And it's just so lovely. It takes me back to a simpler time. Hillary Duff is pressing like 45 buttons to get like one word out. Right. I just loved right. it. Also, also, when instead of a shoe, she leaves her phone at the dance, he gets her phone and then there's like no way to know whose it is. It's just like a brick. And I didn't she's think like, about it's that. locked. And I'm like, what? You can't tell whose phone it is. Like you can't, there's no, there's like, there's no way to know. It's That's true. Really no true. Way. It's true. It's like, okay. It's true. Oh my God. What else has aged the worst? Amelia? Um, I would say there's some like, you know, 2000s humor that people could, you know, get away with back then, but not now, obviously, for, for good reasoning. Um, There's also like uh, casual homophobia early on when, you know, freaking Chad Michael Murray, of course, is like talking to her as, you know, Princeton girl, blah, blah, blah. And he says, if you're gay, I'll kick your butt, which is not only just so stupid, She's but like, Haha, I'm not a guy. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, wait, wait, yeah exactly. Right. Like, real, yeah, thank you. And <laughs> just also, who says that? If you're a guy, I'll kick your, like that, I don't, okay. That, that was lazy screenwriting too. <laughs> it was. It, it was really homophobia was. and lazy screenwriting. Yeah. <laughs> two strikes. So, two strikes. Um, a couple things age the best. I guess maybe since we're so anti-Chad Montgomery, like maybe this age the worst. I look forward to your thoughts. Uh, Rupert Grint of Harry Potter oh. fame was originally cast as Austin. I got this. I watched this movie on Amazon. This came up on the side and I was like, holy shit. What? Uh, he was originally cast as Austin, but he had to drop out for Prisoner of Azkaban, the third Harry Potter movie. Uh, and as I was seeing this, there was a scene where, like, you first see Chad Michael Murray and, like, he's slow motion, like, getting out of his car in the parking lot and, like, his blonde hair, like, catches the light and, like, everyone's slow motion, like, watching him. And I was just picturing it with fucking Ron Weasley getting out of a Jeep in slow motion. Uh, and also, I the just, character is supposed to be going to USC to play football right. that fall and, like, that's the whole thing. But maybe, um, maybe he would have bulked up. Uh, like, I just have so many questions. Like, is he, does he have red hair in this scenario? Like, does he have a British accent? Is he wearing a wig like he did in the third Harry Potter movie? Like, this was like the wig era. I just don't. Actually, I think the fourth movie was the wig era. But still, like, I just have so many questions. He still looked like a child. Like a a literal child in the third movie. I mean, what? He could have been like the best friend. Like, that casting makes sense. Like, two goofy best friends. Literally, like, maybe Amazon did me wrong. But, like, on the trivia. (laughs) This feels they might have. You know, on Amazon, when, like, you watch a movie and, like, it comes up with all the, like, trivia on the side. Like, literally, I took a screenshot of it. I was like, what the fuck? So, yeah, I I have to say I did not verify it beyond that. I just trusted Amazon. But yeah, I that's don't insane. Think you can trust Amazon anymore. Maybe not. Maybe not anymore. <laughs> uh, don't fact check that because I'm just going to wow. continue with that headcanon yeah. uh, sure. until the end of time. <laughs> um, and the, another thing that aged the best is the iconic meme at the end of the movie. Chad Michael Murray and his dad on the football field. His dad goes, you're throwing away your dream. Chad Michael Murray's like, no, dad throwing away yours wow. and then he runs into Powerful. the stands to make out with Hillary Duff and th- for some reason the internet just loves that scene I don't uh-huh. quite know why but it's very overacted so maybe that's why <laughs> yeah TikTok has also picked up the laugh out loud of Hillary Duff I don't know if you guys <laughs> recognize that but it's it's went around actually like earlier in quarantine <laughs> like last year but it's a great sound I actually didn't know that it came from this movie and I was like ah there you go love that love when that happens yeah and then in general Hillary Duff has aged the best in like 
every mm. single possible way. Uh, yeah. Still extremely relevant. Still got a kicking career. Um, so happy for her. She's really stood the test of time all these decades. She's great. Yeah. All right. Let's pick her MVPs. Mine is got to be Jennifer Coolidge. We actually have not really talked about her um, in this discussion. Wow. So maybe I picked wrong. But no. no, you're right. You're right. I think she's just an iconic evil stepmom. This is this yeah. role and then her legally blonde role are like the role yes. she was meant to play. <laughs> She is that person. That person exists in real life, exists in the Valley. And she was just like all-time bitch. You just like hated her with such a passion, which means she did her job well. Um, and she just is like, I don't know, just great casting, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, totally agree. She's the yeah. worst. She's the She's so the great. Worst. <laughs> She's so funny. Okay, um, Kate, who's your pick? I also, I put Regina King. I know Amelia already talked about her many strengths, but, you know, especially the Jennifer Coolidge scenes, like, and the stepsisters just get very, like, wacky and, like, mm-hmm. silly and kind of over the top. And Regina King's just very grounding, like, a very grounding mm-hmm. presence to this movie. Even, like, the very over the top sort of plot points that come up. I think she just, like, makes it all seem very realistic. It's just, like, keeps a level head. It's like, we're going to find you a costume. Like, we're going to get you to this dance. Yeah. Like, you're mm-hmm. not going to get fired. I'll talk to your stepmom for you. And, like, just makes it all seem more realistic. Yeah. Like, just calms everyone down. That's great. Love her. Agreed. Amelia? Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with both of you guys, actually. But, um, you know, just to create more content I guess you will um, I would say whoever milked three movies out of this franchise congratulations because I haven't watched the other two movies but it was funny because last week we were talking about it and I think I mentioned like wasn't Lucy Hale on this and then Kate said no I think Selena Gomez was turns out they both were in and there was yeah, one no. with Selena Gomez and there was one with Lucy Hale so there were three of these movies and I just can't imagine them all being that different from each other but they're not the other two are more I've seen both of them somehow so I should not have corrected you because I have also seen the Lucy Hale one (laughs) the other two are more musical like the Selena Gomez one is like a lot about like dancing and like her Prince Mm. Charming is like a dancer he's the guy I think he's the guy that did vocals for Zac Efron in the first Drew Seeley yeah that guy he's the guy in the Selena Gomez (laughs) Uh, Cinderella story and like they're dancing and like singing I think uh, and then in the uh, Lucy Hale wow. one uh, hmm. the Prince Charming is Cormac McLaggen from Harry Potter who's also like what? in Bridgerton and he's in um, <laughs> oh, that like a guy. bunch of other shit it's that guy and uh, 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 and that is also about singing. Like her stepsister uh, like wants to be a singer and like Lucy Hale is like doing the thing where she's like in the back singing for her stepsister and then like oh the curtain God. opens and it's Lucy Hale. Tricky. So yeah, so like it's more, they're wow. more musically focused. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I can close the Cinderella canon if you guys are ready. Yeah. We can keep going with these movies that they're very cringy, I imagine. But uh, yeah, we can chat about it. They're all the same. They're pretty much all the same. We can let it lie. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and we only have one quick little question in the lightning round, which really speaks it's to how important, un- though. it's important <laughs> how uninspired yeah. this movie is. But um, on behalf of Princeton Gal eight one eight and Nomad, I think what was everyone's screen names? And Kaya, if you have one, like we're all ears as well. So, what were you guys' <laughs> screen names? Mine. This is a great question, by the way. Um, Thank you. I honestly, I really don't remember my. AIM screen name. I oh God, but I know that. Remember, did you guys have Zangas? 
Mm-mm. that journal? No. no. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Well, it was a big thing. And mine was, this is so embarrassing, French Fry 103, which like, I don't <laughs> even great. like French fries like that much. <laughs> and I'm sure when I thought of it, I was like, wow, this is pretty, pretty cool name. So, um, great. Awesome. People just did any, just threw shit at the wall with those. Yeah. Like, Truly. There's no rhyme or reason <laughs> to yeah. those screen names. Yeah, I uh, I didn't do like AIM or anything. I think it was like before I was like allowed to like be on computers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I remember I used to like go over to my friend's house and like she would do it and I would just like sit there and like watch her talk to boys on AIM. <laughs> oh um, my God. But my username when I was little for like shit like Neopets or oh. like any of that was always yes. like volleyball girl 89. <laughs> I love so, classics uninspired Uh, yeah my I lived on AIM like that was like the lifeblood of my high school (laughs) middle school and high school communication um and mine was born actress 830 and I have I have to know more same (laughs) I thought I was gonna be I was like really into acting like I thought I was gonna be like a theater person I don't know why and now even though we do this podcast I'm really quite shy and I don't like I just now thinking about me like doing that and being that is really funny. But um, yes, I thought, I don't know what born to act or I don't I'm know picturing what. you like on AIM with like all of your high school classmates who are like the children of famous actors. Being <laughs> That's true. I actually switched in later high school because that was quite lame. And I think I was Lizzie do 88. But for middle school, middle school was born actress eight through Z. And I think I still have some logins like it. with that AOL account. That's amazing. Um, wow. Anyway. I, that's the worst is when like you have to like go back and log into something that you made in <laughs> yeah. seventh grade and you have to you have to like enter back into like your volleyball girl persona and like oh, try no. to remember your yeah. password and like re-enter that mindset. That's traumatic. Oh, Kaya, Kaya, what was yours? Do you have one? Mine's too embarrassing to share. <laughs> oh. Cannot be. That cannot yes. be. What was it? Oh God. Okay, fine. It was <laughs> Cali four, like number four, babe, 96. Cute. Oh. That's cute. That's great. Were you Love a it. popular girl in middle and high school? No. That seems like a very popular kid's yeah. name. I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Also, we, we, should should also switch, we should switch our Slack names to these. For the rest <laughs> of the yeah. You guys could see how like red my cheeks are right now. I can't believe <laughs> I just exposed <laughs> myself. Submit middle school photos and then oh, post our God. screen names. Just really put the <laughs> face to the names. Yeah. yeah, yeah Good yeah. idea. Good idea. Really okay. Let's wrap this episode Ooh. up with Tea Time's unanswerable questions. If you guys have questions for us, you know, our DMs are open and Amelia has to field them all. So <laughs> sorry that I subject you to that all day, every day. Um, okay. Amelia, what's your unanswerable question? Yes. Um, so this is, I guess, a very musical kind of themed one, but. Um, Daft Punk, the French, I guess, electronic band duo, uh, <laughs> right? I get this. Is that, yeah, okay. Um, they released a video that was like the end, and it was just like one of them blowing up in the desert, which is a little like, oh my God. Very Daft Punk of them, to be yeah, honest. <laughs> a little apocalyptic, a little, you know, sad, I guess, melancholy. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. so I guess they're, I don't know, I guess they're ending for the time being, but... I don't know about you guys, but there was a time when I was like really into Daft Punk. And I remember, I think, you know, when iTunes, when you had your iTunes like playlist and you could toggle it so it uh, showed you the songs by the number of plays. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And like, so they did the soundtrack to, um, 
it's that Garrett Hedlund movie. Tron. Tron. Yeah, Tron yeah. Legacy. And I, for a, a while, all of my top played songs were from the Tron Legacy what? soundtrack. Oh my God. It's a good soundtrack. So I know. So I was a little sad to see that they're, they're ending, but does anyone have a favorite Daft Punk song? Just Daft know? Punk makes me want to like fucking be, and I'm not even this person, <laughs> but like be surrounded by thousands of sweaty people jumping up and down. Um, uh, I like one more time that it's That's just a, a song one. that like freaking makes you want to be in a in a very sweaty, very crowded mosh pit. Um, and I miss I miss human connection, maybe. But anyway, <laughs> Kate, do you have one? Are you a Daft oh Punk girl? Genuinely, like, could not name a Daft Punk song if you did. Million dollars. Sorry. Well, you, do you know like they've collaborated with like you know? Kanye I know the West. one that they did with the weekend. That's all I know. Oh, that's a good one. That's actually a good one. <laughs> What's yours, so. Amelia? What's your favorite Tron Legacy song? Wow. Well, honestly, I love all and every Tron Legacy song. So I'm just gonna go with that entire soundtrack because <laughs> it's good. Look okay, it I'm out, so man. happy that you included that in your question. Like that's I just special. was not expecting that. I just really love that soundtrack. Um, Okay, last question for me is Billie Eilish's new documentary is just released today. You can perhaps watch it. I might tune in. It's on Apple TV Plus. It's Billie Eilish, uh, The World's a Little Blurry. It reveals a lot about her. Um, I will probably end up watching it because I like Billie Eilish's music, but it's two hours and 21 minutes long, which is really flipping long. There's even an intermission in the movie. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't have time for that. Maybe it's like we who are just the more casual fans. I guess like I was trying to think about this and I was like, maybe Kate, if there was some two hour and 20 minute long Harry Styles doc when you were a certain age, maybe you would have like eaten that up. But it feels really, really long, especially she's like 19. Like there's not a whole life to go through yet, but maybe Mm -hmm. it's really heavy on her music and she does like full songs. Not sure. What are your guys' thoughts? I mean, I feel like she has a lot to say. I feel like Mm -hmm. she has, like, a very strong point of view and, like, perspective and, like, puts a lot of that into her music. So, like, from Mm -hmm. a certain point, I'm like, okay, like, it's, I feel like I would be learning more from her than I would, like, an artist who, like, you know, sings other people's songs. and like, Which is fine, like, you know, but I also am, like, an intermission is simply too much. (laughs) No, nothing should have an intermission. Yeah, I don't, and plus, like, you know, she has such, like, little quirky things in her songs where, like th- some of them are like overly, you know, like she puts the office in one of them or like it's mm, like an outtake yeah. from her recording that she's like decided to throw in. So I'm like, maybe sometimes like she doesn't know what to cut, you know? Mm, like, yeah, sure. Uh, mm. So maybe there's a little bit like, you know, just silly recording sessions where I'm like, OK, I don't necessarily need to be watching this, but I think she's very charming. Um, yeah, and I do want to know more about it. her. So I'll probably are there artists that you guys would watch to, and like really consume two hours and 20 minutes of? I feel like if Billie Eilish was your favorite person, absolutely, yeah. this would be a dream come true. So I guess I should think of it like yeah. that. Yeah. Also, though, sometimes I feel like if you're that level of a fan, like this is how I felt about the Blackpink documentary on Netflix. Mm. Like I already knew a lot of it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like a lot of times it's for people who don't already yeah. know all this stuff. So it's like mm-hmm. a lot of like basic level information that's like supposed to be you know, for the general public, but then like only a little bit of stuff like for the hardcore fans who are the people that actually like want to sit through this and have been looking forward to it. So I think it's tricky because it's hard to get both of those groups interested in something like this. Um, But yeah, I think Billie Eilish has hidden depths. So I I think it'll probably be interesting and I'll probably watch it. Yeah, me too. Oh, okay. Wow. Report back, please. I will. Perhaps. Okay. That's it for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Um, Callie for Babe, our producer. (laughs) Um, I'm born actress 830. (laughs) 
I'm Volleyball Girl 89. And I'm French Fry 103. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.